Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is where I want to draw your attention to. And we're going to read, begin reading at verse number 20. 1 Corinthians 9. Actually, let's, let's do verse 19. We'll begin reading at verse number 19. Paul, first letter to the Corinthians. This is what he says. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Verse 23, and this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. And I just want to talk to you just from this title, all things to all people, all things to all people. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. I'll try and stay seated myself. <clears throat> have, you ever, um, have you ever read a passage of Scripture that um, you just had no idea what it was saying? Anybody brave enough to say Yes, absolutely, right there. There are those there are those passages that we do come across from time to time that are not exactly easy to understand. Okay. I, I just started a 10-week a training uh course uh through my place of employment. And and with this particular training, there are three books that I have to read throughout the course of the training which really helps with one of my New Year's goals of the amount of books I would like to read this year. Um, and uh, so I, 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 I was sitting uh, down just a few days ago reading all about how to negotiate, how to build relationships, um, and, and so on. And on the surface, right, it's, it, it seems like it's something that's right up my alley. But as I sat in my office trying to power through chapters two and three of the very first book, my eyes almost just crossed over. Um, it, it could have been a lack of caffeine, um, very little sleep, three children that I, you know, I'm uh, responsible for. Uh, but I was just dazed, okay? I felt like I would complete a page and had no idea what was said. I, I, just a tip, put the book down if you do that and just set it on the shelf for a little bit. Come back to it later, all right? Because you want to understand what you're reading. Uh, but uh, sometimes the Bible is like that, um, and, and that's okay. Sometimes it takes a little while uh, for things to sink in and, and cause, uh, cause us to uh, understand what is being said. And our text today is one of those passages. Um, and, and it's a passage that, that I'm sure many of us are familiar with, and you've probably heard it preached on many times. In fact, you've probably heard someone quote it, uh, and maybe you heard it quoted like this, I'm all things to all men, okay? That's probably 
But that's not what Paul said. Paul said this. He said, I am made. Everybody say made. Made all things to all men. But just hearing it quoted, you know, I'm all things to all men, it could kind of trouble a person, right? Maybe confuse uh, somebody. Some might hear that and, and think, you know, Paul is saying, hey, I am whatever you want me to be. That's what I am. Whatever you want me to be, that's what I'm be. But if you know Paul, if you studied the life of, uh, of Paul, you know that Paul wouldn't say something like that. Okay? Does anybody know someone like that who it all depends on who they are hanging out with, that that's the type of person that they are? We were just uh, talking about someone just the other day who uh, lives between the North Pole and the South Pole, and uh, we were we were we were remembering them and uh, and how they always just try to blend in with the group so much so that they would literally change their accent. You know, with those New Yorkers and stuff, you know, it just. And then, well, around here, you know, this is what we go to Hux and Casey's. No, I'm just kidding. They have Hux and Casey's, I'm sure, elsewhere. But um, it's hard to tolerate someone like that, right? It's like just, just be who you are, you know. That's who God designed you to be, you know. Be you because nobody else, nobody else can be you. Um, but, you know, you... We talk about chameleons, you know, chameleons are those ones that blend in with their surroundings. And you can't even see the chameleon because it looks like everything that it is surrounded by. Now, I know Paul wasn't saying that. Paul told the Corinthians in his first letter, he said, I am what I am. Now, I know you thought Popeye said that, but actually it was Paul who said that. Okay. He, Paul is the one who also said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. And so I know Paul isn't saying, I'll just blend in. Uh, I'll just blend in wherever I go. I, I'm a chameleon. You won't even know that I'm here. I know Paul wouldn't say it like that. But you hear, I'm all things to all men. And what does that mean? I mean, we're talking about the guy, we just mentioned this last Wednesday night, we're talking about the guy who went up on top of Mars Hill and basically said, you worship ignorantly to the unknown God. I'm going to declare him unto you. I mean, this guy that we're talking about, he believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet he tells us, I am made all things to all men that by all means I might save some. To the Jew, I became as a Jew. To them that are under the law, I became as under the law. To them that are without law, I became as without law. And to the weak, I became weak. And I, so I think to truly understand what Paul was saying, you first had to understand the enormous uh, passion and compassion that God has for the lost souls. May we never forget why you and I are here and why we exist. You and I are not here to just gather and have a good time. And this is a wonderful thing, and I'm, I thank God for the opportunity that we have to get together and to worship God together. But you and I have to understand, 
We are here for the salvation of souls. Come on, somebody. We are here to lift up the downtrodden. We are here to put back together the brokenhearted. We're, we're not interested in numbers. We're interested in souls because that's what God is concerned with. This is why we're here. This is why we exist, and we have to know that. And, and, and when Jesus was asked, why are you even here? This was his response. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He explained to those in the synagogue, to, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to the brokenhearted, to them that are bruised, to deliver those that are in bondage. He said, this is why I'm here. I'm here for people. That's why I'm here. And that is what we must remember. And that is what Paul was trying to say when he said, I am made all things to all men. Jesus tried to describe it like this. He talked about a Samaritan who went down to where a beaten man was, left dead, left half dead. He bound up his wounds, poured oil and wine in his wounds, and put him on his own donkey and carried him to an inn. He paid the innkeeper and covered his expenses and says, take care of him and I'll come back and check on him. He talked about a good shepherd who had one lamb that strayed from the group, and the good shepherd left the 99 and to go look for the one lost lamb that had no way of getting back to the fold. We look in the Gospels and we see where Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house to heal his daughter and eventually raise her from the dead, and we see him stop everything. The, the, possess, the procession came to a halt because one woman with an issue of blood that had lasted 12 years, she had been to the physicians for 12 years and could not get well, but she touched the hem of his garment and Jesus stopped everything and said, who touched me? To which the disciples responded, how can you say that, Lord? Everybody is touching you. He said, no, somebody touched me with fingers of faith and virtue has gone out of me. We see that he, he talked about a woman. The scripture describes a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery and she was torn and brought to the feet of Jesus, literally thrust down at his feet. Her accusers were waiting to kill her as prescribed by the law and Jesus forbade them by saying, let he that is without sin cast the first stone. And when nobody could say that they had no sin, they had to depart. And when he asked the question, where are your accusers? She said, Lord, I have no accusers. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Arise, go and sin no more. We got to understand, folks, that Jesus is in the people saving business. Can I remind somebody that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Can I also remind you that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Hear me this morning. It is the intent of God to reach for those who are hurting, for those who are lost, for those who are broken. It is the intent of God. And this is why the man, the Bible says, bought the whole field. For what? The one treasure that was inside the field. He, he bought what? 
He bought the whole field. He bought every, every thorn, every thistle, every trouble, every problem. Why? So he could have access to the one lone treasure that was in the field. Do you know and understand that's what God is to us? He purchased us. He bought us. And he bought all of us, every thorn, every thistle, every problem, all of your shame, all of your heartache and your pain. He took it all because he saw the treasure that was inside of you. You know, other, other people, they look at us and they might walk on by and they might say, I don't want anything to do with them. They have too many issues. They have too many problems. They're too complicated. But Jesus is just the opposite, folks. Jesus said, if you got issues, I'm your God. I'll take care of you. If you've got problems, that's fine. I'm reaching for you. So Paul, Paul said, I don't know how to explain it. I've just been made all things to all men. I've been made all things to all men. Now, you've got to understand something about Paul. This wasn't the way it was, always was with this guy. He wasn't always this way. This is the, this the Bible says was the guy who was standing by as Stephen, the evangelist, was being rocked asleep. And when I say that, I mean with big rocks. The man was being pelted by his accusers. And before Paul knew Jesus, he was consenting to his death. He stood by and watched this atrocity develop and was consenting to this death. He was a part of it. He was an accomplice to it. He was fine with watching this man die. This man died saying, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. I mean, he saw the Lord in glory as he died, and none of that mattered to Paul when he was Saul. Paul was not always this caring man. I was going to try to sit down. I can't sit down. Paul, let me move this out of the way. Paul was not always this caring man. In fact, the Bible says just two chapters later in Acts chapter 9 that Saul yet breathed out threatens and slaughters. Threatenings and slaughters. This is what's coming out of his mouth. He's threatening to slaughter the Christians. It's just pouring out of his mouth. When he opens his mouth, that's coming out. This is, that's the guy that we're talking about when he was Saul. That's who he used to be. But there is this amazing thing that happens in Acts chapter 9 where he's riding down the road on the road to Damascus. And while he's riding down the road, a great light began to shine above the brightness of the sun. How many of you remember the great light when it began to shine on you? Come on, somebody. You remember, you remember where you used to be and who you used to be? Come on, you remember where you used to go and remember how you used to treat people but thank God this great light began to shine on you amen and this light was so bright that Saul he lost his bearings I mean he didn't have his Maui gems that day he didn't have a visor to pull down that day. He didn't have a shade. He didn't have any of that stuff. And he lost his bearings. He, it knocked him off of his horse. He fell down in the middle of the road, and he had an encounter with Jesus. Now, Paul, 
Paul knew this couldn't be just any old ordinary day, okay? He knew that God had intervened. So he cried out and he said, Lord, who are you? Jehovah, who are you? And Jehovah shocked him when he said, I am Jesus. Because Saul wanted to please Jehovah, but he wanted to get rid of anybody that worshiped Jesus. And when Jehovah said, I am Jesus, Saul was shocked out of his mind and knew for sure that it would mean sudden death for him, but it didn't mean sudden death. God, the glorious God of heaven and earth, the good shepherd, the good Samaritan, the man who healed the woman with the issue of blood, the one who healed the man sick of a palsy, the man who healed the man with the withered hand, the man who literally raised Lazarus from the dead, fed a multitude with five loaves and two fishes, the man who can make a way where there is no way. He said, Saul, don't worry. I'm not come to condemn you. I've come to lift you up. I've come to raise you up out of your pain, out of your shame, out of your brokenness, and out of your confusion. Folks, you'll have to pardon me if I praise him for the rest of my life. You'll just have to pardon me if I praise him and serve him for the rest of my days. You'll have to pardon me because he's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my obedience. He's worthy of my faith. I don't know about anybody else, but he picked me up when I was unlovable. He turned me around when nobody should have given me a second, third, fourth, or 29th chance. He's a good God, and he loves you, and he loves me, and he loves people. And something happened that day. Something happened in the life of Saul. He had never encountered a love so pure. He had never encountered a hope so intent on saving him, and it changed him, and it made him. Whereas before, he was so... He was so stiff-necked before, you know, before he looked at people with contempt if they didn't agree with him. Before, if he couldn't relate with somebody, he wanted them stoned and out of the equation. Just remove them. Get rid of them. But something changed when he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. How many know the atmosphere changes when Jesus walks in the room? Come on, do you remember the first in, your first encounter with the presence of the Lord? It's unlike anything else in this world. It's unlike any encounter you've ever been involved in. And something changes when you have this encounter. When you, ha when you have an encounter with forgiveness, the way that God forgives, I'm telling you, it changes the way that you treat people. When you have an encounter with love, the way that God loves, it changes the way that you treat people. When you have an encounter with that kind of peace and hope and joy, it will change the way that you see anybody and everybody around you. And all of a sudden, you have a love for people. When before, you couldn't even tolerate being with them. 
And now all of a sudden, you have love for them. Now all of a sudden, you have peace with them. And so we see Paul had this encounter with Jesus because that's the way Jesus was, folks. Jesus can relate with anybody. All things to all people. He could see, when we talked about this here recently, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and not just a tax collector, the chief tax collector. Nobody wanted to be around this cat. Nobody. They avoided him every chance that they got. But the Bible says that he, like anybody, wanted to see Jesus. Jesus came running through the town one day. And Zacchaeus, who was short in stature, climbed up the tree just so he could get a glimpse of him. And Jesus, instead of looking up and seeing Zacchaeus and like, oh, folks, let's keep moving. I don't want anybody to know that he's a part of my following. Come on, let's keep it. Nothing to see here. Let's keep going. I don't want anybody to know that he follows me on social media. I don't want anybody to know that I'm connected with him. That's not what he did. He looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, where? In front of everybody. He said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today because this is how it is. He can relate with anybody. You remember the woman with the alabaster box opened up the alabaster box on his feet. There were people standing around that said, if Jesus only knew. If Jesus knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't let her open up this box and pour this ointment out on his feet. If he knew her background, if he knew her reputation, if he knew where she came from. The Bible lets us know. Jesus, discerning their thoughts, said to them, you don't see people the way that I see people. See, I'm all things to all men. I am made all things to all men. He's saying, I'm God manifest in the flesh. I created this woman, and she loves me because I've forgiven her. And you would understand that. Those who have been forgiven much, they do what? They love much. So he said, you can criticize all you want to, but she can worship me anytime. She can praise me anytime because I relate with people differently than you relate to people. See, sometimes if you if you look at somebody and, and you don't you don't see eye to eye with them, you don't agree with them, sometimes there is this contempt that comes over you. There's this contempt, there's this mindset. There's a uh, 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 where where we're placing each other at on the on the chart where one is at and where the other is at. But in the forefront of Jesus's mind, in the forefront of Paul's mind, it was always, I want you to hear me, it was always about the salvation of souls. Always. It was always about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the things that were different between them and the others, it did not prevent them from interacting with those people because they saw them all the same. They saw them as somebody in need of a savior. They saw them as somebody in need of a touch from God. And that's how we got to see our community. That's how we got to see the lost. They are somebody in need of a Savior. 
So yeah, I'm with the Jews. I'll be as the Jews. And when I'm with those that are under the law, I'll be as those that are under the law. And with those that are without law, I'll be as those that are without law. Not a law against God, but a law under the law to Christ. He, he, Paul wasn't saying I blend in with everybody. Paul wasn't saying that. Paul wasn't saying I'm some sort of chameleon Christian. I'm just going to blend in. I'm just going to blend in the background. You won't even know I'm there. No, that's not what he was saying at all, folks. You know what he was saying? This is what he was saying. I connect with anybody. I connect with anybody. I want us to know souls matter to God. Souls matter to God. And we believe, this church believes, that God can reach them no matter the place they find themselves in. It doesn't matter how dark the situation may look or how deep down in the pit they find themselves. We believe that God can reach them. I love the story we find in the prophet Jeremiah's book. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. You remember why they called him that? He was was the weeping prophet because he wept over Israel. Jeremiah saw that Israel was going to be taken captive, and so he wept over them. And this... I'll just tell you, this really didn't get Jeremiah any of the popular votes. <laughs> but like a crier, that just crying all the time. Gets old, right? It's okay to cry. I'm a crier. I'm emotional. It's fine. Judge me. Whatever. <laughs> He's a weeping prophet, and, it, and it, it doesn't do any favors for him. He was... It, <laughs> He wasn't exactly everyone's favorite preacher. He wasn't being invited in for the revival services over the weekend. He wasn't getting the calls to come preach conference. Nobody, nobody wanted to hear Jeremiah preach. It's interesting, right? Because he's got a big book with lots of chapters in it. Okay? Nobody's attending his small group. Nobody's signing up. Nobody's grabbing coffee with Jeremiah. Nobody wanted to listen to what he had to say. His message was unspeakable. His message was a warning. His message was cautionary. His message was that there's going to be an army come in here and it's going to take the people of Israel captive because they have turned their back on God and nobody wanted to hear that. Matter of fact, at one point, his prophecy became so confrontational. He said, he described the armies that would come invade the cities, and finally somebody said, listen, we got to do something about this guy. We, we cannot have this man speaking in public anymore because he's doing what? He's weakening the hands of the soldiers. So what they do? They went and they grabbed Jeremiah. They arrested him. They put him down into a dungeon, and they actually didn't just throw him in. They had to lower him down with ropes. 
So they got this crank, right? And they're lowering Jeremiah down into the dungeon with ropes. It says this is Jeremiah 38. And he gets down there, and the Bible says there was no water there. There was only mire, which means there was only mud. There was only filth in this pit. There was no way out. Hear that this morning. There was a way in but there was no way out. Do you know that's what, your, that's what your sin is? There's a way in, there's no way out. That's where, a lot of, that's where we find a lot of people that we minister to. They found the way in, but they can't find the way out. There's a lot of people who deal with addiction and struggle, and, and they deal with betrayal. And they found a way in, but they can't find a way out. So Jeremiah, he's let down into the dungeon. And the Bible says that a man by the name of Abimelech said he heard about Jeremiah being let down into this prison. And when he heard about it, he said, hey, this isn't right. We, we, we got to go get him. We got to go get Jeremiah. We got to get him out of this. We got to get him out of this dungeon. We got to get him out of here. There's no water down there. It's meant for him to die. If he stays down there, he's going to die. He said, there's no way out. There is only a way in. And he's like, there's got to be a way out. And so it's game planning. And so he goes and he petitions to the king. And he said, if, and, and the king's like, all right, if you can come up with a contraption, if you can come out with some, come up with some sort of contraption that's going to get an out, you're welcome to try. But good luck. Good luck with that. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that he went and he found old, rotten rags under the king's treasury. And Abimelech started tying those rags together. And he let them down by the ropes. And he put Jeremiah in there. And he said, Jeremiah, put these old, rotten rags underneath. Now, the King James Version said armholes. We don't call it anything better. We call it armpits. Uh, but he said, that's what he said. So you go, so, and, and listen, I don't care how, how good you try to look this morning and smell this morning. All of us have armpits in the room today. Okay. Everybody, we, all of us have armpits, just like all of us has souls. And guess what? If you got armpits, he can bring you up out of the dungeon. Jeremiah, he said, do you got, do you got some armholes? Do you got some armpits? Do you have something that you can put those old rotten rags Put them out under your arms, and I can pull you up out of this. And Jeremiah's like, I can do it. I can do it. And they put those old rotten rags down into the dungeon. Jeremiah put them up under his arms, and they began to crank the rope again, and they brought him up out of the dungeon. Hear me today. He didn't have the best. He didn't have the finest. He went and found old rotten rags. And he tied them together. You know, that's what the Lord said our righteousness is like. It's like filthy rags. (laughs) And this is what God will do with your filthy rags of self-righteousness. He will put you down in a pit. Hear me this morning. This is what God will do with your filthy, rotten rags. See, we think that our righteousness is so good. We do, right? 
We think our righteousness is so good. We think because we do good, we are good. We help somebody, we are good, right? I try to do good, then I'm good. No, 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 no. Even the good stuff pales in comparison to the holiness of God. We are filthy rags. Old, rotten, filthy rags. And this is what God will do with our old, rotten ways. He will lead us down into a dungeon. And we'll get down in that dungeon, folks, and we won't even know why we're there. We won't even know what's going on. We don't even know what God has in store. But while you're there, here's what's happening. You're learning to become all things to all men. See. You didn't used to have compassion on people until you went through something that you went through. You didn't used to care when somebody was sick until you kind of got the same sickness and you walked through the same thing. But when when you did, you thought it was then that you truly, deeply realized what it was that somebody was going through. And all of a sudden, you're in this pit with that person, and now you become weak to those that are weak. You're learning to become all things. You're being made all things. You see, before you had your issue, before you had your disability, before you had your hang-up, before you had your struggle, before you had your, you, you went through your valley, there were some parts of you that couldn't relate to the hurt and the suffering of those around you. But hear me, God allowed you to go through a dungeon experience, somebody. God allowed you to go through a trial. God allowed you to go through a valley. God allowed you to go through a pit experience so that you could become all things to all I know you used to have it all figured out. All of us used to have it all figured out. Why? Because we had money in the bank. We had we had our health in our body. Things were good. Life was good. And if other people just couldn't get their act together, you had no pity on them. You had no compassion on them. And then God said, I've got to get that pride out of you somehow. I've got to do something about that pride. Why? Because there are people that are in dungeons that can't get out. And I need somebody to go down there and pull them out. You say, I can't relate to them. Yes, you can. They are people just like you are people. They want what's best like you want what's best. They want what's best for their family like you want what's best for your family. They want to have peace in their life just like you want to have peace in their life. Stop saying that you can't relate with people. If you love God, you can relate with people because God will make you all things to all people. So here they are. Call for our music to come. They are... They are in the dungeon. And there's no, there's no water down there. And time, time is ticking away. And they're, they're on the verge of, of who knows what. And desperation is setting in. And they don't, they don't know how to climb out. There's no, folks, there's no ladder out. There's only a way to get in. But the only way to get out is if something moves on Abimelech's heart. 
And he says, we, we got to make a way where there is no way. We got to let down the ropes into this dungeon. You know why they put down those rags? Because if Jeremiah would have just had the ropes that let him down, it could have ripped his arms off. It, 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 it quite literally could have injured him more greatly. Hear me. It would have been worse for him coming out of the dungeon just if, if he would have just stayed down there. And I've seen people try to do that. I've seen people try to win a soul or to somehow bring the gospel to them and they are so rough with it that the person who walks away, they walk away more injured than what they were if they just stayed a captive. Folks, you can't just slap people into serving God. You can't just body slam them in the altar and say, you're going to live for God, buddy. You can't, you can't do it. You can't just go Bible thumping through the hallways and the break rooms and Gently and humbly. You, you got to be gentle and speak the truth in, in love. This, you know this is a two-edged sword we're dealing with? <laughs> Abimelech said, now king, how do we get people out of here? The king said, we don't get people out of here. No, seriously, king, we, we put people down there all the time. What, what do I need to do? What, what, do I need to go rent something? Do I need to run up to rights? Do I need to go rent? Do I need a backhoe? What do we, what do we got to do? We, we got to do something that works, right? The king said, once they're down there, it's done. And Abimelech said, uh-uh, I'll make a way. I'll make a way. And that's what God did with the church. God said, I will make something that can bring people out of their bondage. I will create something with gentleness on it, but something strong enough. The local church is the answer to this lost world. Listen, I don't know what you've gone through, what mistake you've made, what bad decision that you've made, what dungeon you're sitting in, and the devil has told you you will never come out of this and your days are finished. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. This church is coming for you. We're coming for you. We are hollering out, hold on and don't let go. We are made all things to all people. Stand with me this morning, if you will. We become weak to those who are weak. A Jew to the Jews, to those that are under the law, we become as under the law. We are made all things. Don't you know that's why you went through what you went through? <laughs> you went through what you went through not to go through it, but so that you can relate to those who are going through it now. The lost, Bryce? Yeah, the lost. Hurtful, lost. You went through that because there are people in the pit.
pits of loss right now, struggling to see the light. You know why you went through the pain? You went through, you went through that sickness. Why did you go through that loneliness? Because God's going to use you as part of that collection of rags that he's putting down in the pit, and he's going to bring somebody up out of their bondage. The Bible says he didn't call many noble. He didn't call many wise, but he did of some wood, hay, stubble, and some of gold and silver and precious stones. I don't know where we fit at on the spectrum this morning, but I'm just glad to be here. I'm just enjoying this mission that we are all on. I was made, you were made for this. You are, hear me, you are custom designed by our great and glorious creator. I've come this morning just as you've come, and we are here just as Jesus to seek and to save that which was lost. It's what our small groups are all about. That's, that's what it is. We're to be outward focused. This is a very, very tight church. We have great relationships. When I asked you to shake hands with folks earlier, I didn't see anybody like just like that. Ah. <laughs> I didn't see anybody doing that. Walk around. Gladly shaking folks' hands, hugging people. <laughs> Is more fellowship going to benefit us? Absolutely. But you know what these groups are going to do? They're going to create a vehicle. They're going to create a vehicle. They're going to put more wheels on the gospel. They're going to allow somebody to jump in. Find out what we found out a long time ago. That there's a God who loves you. You have a Savior. You have a friend in Jesus. I, I think this morning you ought to, or this week, you ought to call somebody and just tell them, hold on. Don't let go. Hold on. Don't let go. I asked you this morning, are you willing to be used in his service? Don't let your struggle and your pain be in vain this morning. Know what it's doing. It's making you all things to all men. Would you bow your head with me? Close your eyes this morning. I just invite you to pray with me right now. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.